toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness we are souls on the journey opening up the conversation to heal awaken and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency it starts with you everything you need is within you this is your time i am stacy musial and i am sam fernandez and we are your co-hosts at be the love podcast thank you for tuning in and ascending with us hop on board the ascension bus this is adrian elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. This is Dr. Brent Satterfield of Inner World Movement, author of Bringing Heaven Home. Hi, this is Dana Parker with Inner World Movement. Hi, my name's Steve Nobel. Here I am with Stacy and Sam on Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment and get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself, sending it to all of your cells, organs, and systems. And breathing that light out, breathing that love out, and send it to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Today we have Celia Ferran, singer, songwriter, comedian. Celia has been described as a cross between Earthy Enya, Joan Baez, and Tina Fey. She dishes up the most delicious concoction of the silly and sacred, delighting audiences across the nation. In addition to having the kind of silky smooth voice often associated with classic Celtic singers, such as Celtic women, Celia excels at comedy. She often transforms right on stage into one or more of her alter egos whose antics typically leave the audience howling with laughter. With powerful heartfelt vocals, and wacky comedic improvisations, the audience never knows what will happen with Celia on stage. She is open for notable authors such as Neil Donald Walsh, Marianne Williamson, and Masaru Emoto, and her song, Symbol, has been named the anthem for the veteran Pentacle Quest in support of religious tolerance and acceptance. No matter how many times you think you've seen Celia, you can never predict what she will do and how deeply she can reach the soul of an audience. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Celia. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure to talk with you again. And I just, for the audience, for our listeners, um, yeah, it was such a pleasure. I had the pleasure of meeting Celia at a couple of retreats in Camp Verde, Arizona, and experienced her music in a very small, intimate setting. And that was such a, just a beautiful um, way to experience her and, and learn about her, her and her music. And so this is such a, a beautiful honor just to have you and be able to um, learn from you and, and, and hear your experience. So tell us a little bit about what got you started down your path of music. Oh, thanks, Stacy. Well, I started in a musical household. So my mother was very positive in anything we showed interest in, she made it happen. So there was a piano in the house, which she was raised with music. So we all played piano. And then separately, we all chose different instruments. 
And I think the clarifying moment for me when I decided I knew what I wanted to do with my life was watching my brothers play a song with perfect harmonies. They were probably age maybe seven and nine, playing guitar and banjo in a sort of folk setting. And I got the chills up and down my spine and my whole body. You know, when you get that chi flow and you're like, oh, I feel alive, I feel open, I feel creative, I feel connected. Um, I had that feeling and I said, I want to do that. That's mm. what I want to do. And so I chose music as a career based on that experience and also um, really getting supported by my family to be a creative person. Music wasn't my first career. My first career was theater in New York City. So I was I was about first five years of my career was more acting theater, musical theater, and expressing on stage in that way. And then I decided I wanted to, instead of being an interpreter, I wanted to be a creator. So I brought that to being a full-time singer-songwriter, comedian, uh, entertainer, and producer. That's beautiful. It sounds like you've really just knew from the very beginning, like your soul had a calling and you've been doing it ever since. That's really beautiful. And um, so, so tell us a little bit, um, I know, you know, you, you've mentioned that, you know, and, and just like sm the small gatherings that, it, that I had a chance to hear from you and, and learn from you. And you've mentioned that everywhere, anytime there's a song maybe brewing for you. And so I'm, I'm curious, like where you get your inspiration from and what, what brings that forth for you to mm. write your songs? Yeah. Thank you. There was a time when I was living in New York City when I was really following the moon cycles and new moon practice of asking for what I wanted. And one time, one of those moons, I asked to be creatively prolific. And that it, it, ever since then, it, it's, I've never had anything like resembling writer's block, anything that stopped me from creating. My inspiration comes from everywhere, but I think my best writings happen when I'm doing something kinesthetic, like if I'm walking or I'm driving or I'm in motion. And I, I like to call myself an anthropological philosopher because I'm so curious about life and people and growth and potential and capacity and connection and uh, as human beings, what gift we have and what we can do with it. So I've always been curious about those things. I think that's a really important piece of being a creative artist is to be curious. So for me, inspiration comes from everywhere. And I tend to write diff different sorts of styles. I have the comedy aspect because I love a turn of phrase and I love making a rhyme work in a way that maybe somebody didn't expect, but it went in that direction. And I also love the more healing aspect of music and singing and the power of the voice. So I have, you know, some more healing practices I do with the music, like sound healing. And then I like to write things that are poignant. And then I like to write things that are angelic or healing or deep or earthy or goddess-like. So I really love writing what, whatever. And I'm taking a break right now, but I'm part of a singer-songwriter group where they give us a prompt every week, and then we write a song from that prompt. So that has also trained me to be able to be explorative with um, ideas, concepts, different styles. Um, so it's, it's good to have some direction as well and say, okay, I'm going to focus on this. And then for the songwriting part of what I do, the lyrics and the music come at the same time. They just download and I rarely write it down. Mm. So that's been really kind of a fun practice as well. Mm. That's beautiful. Tell us a little bit more about your connection with the divine and, and the earth and how that has played into your music. Mm. Thank you. Well, I was raised on a farm, climbing trees and digging in the dirt and digging up carrots and collecting eggs from the chickens and watching some of that cycle of life happen by creating our own food and creating our own sustainability. So I was raised in a very, very pure, very organic environment. I had no idea what I had, not a clue. I was jealous of the kids who were drinking milk from a carton from the store. I was really, really jealous of them. And so um, being raised by parents who also were raised with those 
uh, values and traditions and farm, farming background, agricultural background. I feel like um, nature definitely is part of my inspiration and my connection with the divine comes often through nature and through the feminine. So one of the songs that I know Stacy have sung for the, the event that we were at is called um, She Needs a Goddess. So God or, or source or energy, so many of us have different messages of what that means and what that looks like. And being in a female body from birth, um, I wanted to be able to resonate with what it feels like to be in a female body connected to the divine, which I believe is different than what a masculine body will experience. Though we are all the same and we all bleed red, um, the different perceptions and that there was only a God, there was only a big man with a beard who was mean in the sky didn't really resonate for me. So I've reached out to learn more about um, a pantheon of different um, forms of the divine. And for me, it's whatever gets you there, whatever gets you to a place of wholeness and connected and security and love and peace and grace, that's the path for you. And one of the things I like about the more pagan traditions is the axiom, or that's probably diminishing it, is really more the belief of um, do as thou will and harm none. Mm. So that feels connected to me as well. Mm. And how do you take that and bring that forth into your music like what is the connection there for you like when you when you have that that belief that you know bringing the everyday goddess and and bringing that or the you know um the goddess song that you just mentioned i forgot sorry i don't remember what you <laughs> um but using that and bringing forth like how how has that shifted things for you um to be able to sing about those those things Mm, thank you. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I was raised on a farm and I was a tomboy as a girl. So I, I was really enamored with the masculine. And I was enamored with what the culture celebrates as power and strength and force and, you know, the positive and the negative aspects of the masculine. So I wanted to be um, as the best man I could be. I mean, that's really being raised in the generation I was raised in. I, the message that I interpreted from out there was be the best man you can be. And it wasn't until I got older and I started learning more about the divine feminine, I realized that's actually not where all my power is. It's where some of my power is. But to connect to the divine feminine and learn about different goddess traditions and learn that the feminine was actually more revered in cultures in times past and sensing more into my worth as a beautiful woman who can be powerful as a woman was really it's, it's and I'm still growing into that, you know, I'm in a culture that doesn't really celebrate that yet. Mm. I'm still growing into that. And writing the songs to celebrate the divine feminine, that's been a stretch for me. Like the, the first song you mentioned, the title, it's called Everyday Goddess. And I started writing it when I was in New York City, taking a course on, on Celtic mythology, learning about the maiden, the mother, and the crone. Mm. So I started writing a long, long time ago. And then when I, uh, my first album called Breathe, that's not the first one, but um, that's another story. The first album that I had fully produced named Breathe, Willie Porter, um, sat me down and said, we need some extra song titles. We need, we just need something else to flesh out this album. Give me everything you have. I said, oh my gosh, I've written so many snippets that aren't done, but he, here's this, there's this. I have a song I want to write someday called Everyday Goddess. He said, oh, do that one. Hmm. And that was in 2003. And I was like, oh, is the world ready to hear these words? Like, am I ready to sing these words? It was just like all this fear that came up in me. And just like I tell my voice students, you know, how to get over the nervousness of singing on stage. I say, you do it. You do it over and over and over. And every time you face your fears in a new way and you do it over and over and over and over again. And as I've sung that song, Everyday Goddess, over and over and mm -hmm. over and over again, just like any mantra, we become it. Mm. And now people call me the everyday goddess <laughs> and I say, yeah, I'm an everyday goddess and so are you and so are you. And yeah, I could mm. totally own it now, but I couldn't. The first time I sang it live, I was like, oh, there's that backward back 
programming of am I going to be burned at the stake? Mm. Is it safe for me to do this? And then the response I started getting of women thanking me for singing this out loud and mm. giving them this opportunity. It's now their theme song. I'm like, okay, thank you for the courage to step through that portal because it's not always easy mm-hmm. with when our biggest fear is rejection and we're choosing to be creative beings. You know, mm-hmm. that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. And um, so, one, uh, one thing real quick that I just, I wanted to point out is you mentioned um, growing up, you know, uh, with the divine masculine and now realizing that it's okay to embrace the divine feminine. Um, and I think a lot of us, you know, the way we grew up was through, you know, a a masculine household. Um, but I also think that as of late, and it's, it seems like this, it seems like every, every conversation we have with anybody, it always comes back to the divine masculine and divine feminine, because that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the thing right now. You know, that's kind of the, it, it seems like that right now that's, the shift that's happening and um it's almost it's it's not necessarily you know a shift of a a, a ultimate shift from you know divine masculine to divine feminine or divine feminine to divine masculine it's like a, a marriage of the two balance it's, exactly it's it's uh you know things are starting to to balance out and things are starting to to kind of you know like i said like intermingle and marry right now um my question is, though, you know, in the musical community, are you seeing more, you know, men embrace the divine feminine? Are you seeing more men be able to, you know, to feel comfortable about, you know, singing pagan songs or Celtic songs or something like that and able to kind of uh, embrace and kind of, um, you know, let themselves go like women are able to when it comes to those songs? Are you able to see kind of like the rigidness, I guess you could say, start to break away in the in the musical world? Yeah. So just for clarity's sake, are you asking me, am I seeing more men singing these songs and being able to do it? Or am I seeing men responding to these songs and be able to do that? Right. More more of a response, a response to the song and more of a kind of a like they're giving themselves permission to 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 feel the words, to feel the music, to, you know, and to and in that sense kind of um you know, connecting to, to their divine feminine. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm seeing a lot more of the masculine getting more comfortable with the emotional Mm -hmm. aspect of things in a culture where men were told, do not cry, do not show any sign of weakness. And so we take that in the opposite way and it turns into this rigidity. So I'm seeing a lot of, um, men, opening their hearts more and i'm going to say that it's a result of creating emotional safety for both genders and for all all genders in between right so we have this fluidity so creating safety no matter what the gender and emotional safety and and what that is and what it's not and i'm taking a course right now from some friends who are sharing um, about emotional safety and how to create it for ourselves, how to create it for the other. So as each gender feels more emotionally safe, yeah, men are probably going to start opening up their hearts more, as is the masculine within the women. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to that. You know, I had a message growing up, do not cry, be strong, be the best man you can be, right? So within myself, the divine feminine is opening. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily men or women, but the masculine energy that's been so ingrained feels like it's softening and unraveling. And now we're getting a chance to test it out too. And it's scary ground. For me, it is. It's, but it's worth it. I really do believe it's worth it. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's that, that piece there, that emotional safety, you know, and, and I think, yeah, I've seen too, just this shift of energy where we're giving men and women and, and all genders, um, you know, permission to feel permission to be themselves permission to, let go of their preconceived notions, the, the shadow work, 
you know, a lot of people are diving into the shadow. Um, and I think women have been doing that for a long time. And, you know, there's been men there too, but there's been this, you know, resistance, I think, because um, not feeling like they can cry or show emotion or the vulnerability piece. So I think it's finding that balance or that, um, not balance, but the safety to feel those emotions and be heard in a, in a world where it hasn't been, they haven't been able to be heard. It's the really, um, you know, just a nice time to, to honor, honor men and, and women and, and the divine, the divinity in all of us. So, um, so I'm wondering, you know, I've, I've seen that too in my own, my own journey, you know, I was given that message, like, uh, big girls don't cry, you know, and because that's, you know, what my parents were taught. And so learning, you know, that it's, I have to stuff that down. And it sounds like just coming through just with your music, how it's giving even just like through the everyday goddess song and what you're doing for women in general and men uh, to give themselves permission to, to be the everyday goddess and recognize that there, you know, no matter what walk of life you come from, there is that space to be a goddess. Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, I grow into it all the time. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't here where as comfortable in my goddessness self as I, as I was, um, let's just say I'm more comfortable now than I was. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping more and more women and men come back to their true selves. And it's, it's interesting. Some of the things you're saying, it's reminding me of a Marianne Williamson quote. When I asked her for an endorsement quote, this is what she said. She said, Celia's music call women to their glory and men to their hearts. Mm. So when Sam was talking about the men and their hearts, um, that, that was just such a beautiful gift to receive those words from her. And, and then, you know, when, when we receive those words and then we go, yeah, maybe I kind of do do that. And then we mm -hmm. can expand into doing that even more. It's like, hey, I'm a goddess. <gasps> did I just say mm -hmm. that out loud? I did say it out loud. You know what? I might say it out loud again and mm -hmm. again and again and again. And letting it sink into us over time, over consistency, over trusting ourselves. It doesn't just, no true change happens overnight just like you don't plant a seed and expect a sunflower the next day it takes a process it is a natural process of as you mentioned the shadow coming to terms with it meeting it making friends with it and then bringing the whole of ourselves to our lives mm -hmm. that's where the goodies are mm -hmm. not easy mm -hmm. not easy absolutely love that Tell us, what, what does it mean to be an everyday goddess? Like, what does that mean for you and, and for the women around that hear your music and for, or for all women, really, or all men? Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, to embrace the goddess part of ourselves, which the masculine can do as well. For me, what it means in this moment is... Connecting to source, connecting to the divine, and in the feminine aspect, which is what I'm embodying in this body right now, that means being present to what needs to be done, but also with the heart that needs to do it. What needs to happen with also the grace and the connection to honor those that are connecting with us and partnering with us along the way. It means speaking in the truth. It means feeling what we feel. It means being a productive member of, of this community and bringing forth our gifts and also allowing folks to give to us so that we open up to the receiving. Mm. It means becoming a generous spirit and also receiving the generosity of others. And in, in the song, it's, you know, I am the maiden and the mother and the crone, but it's really no big deal. It's just another day. You know, it's really no big deal. I'm just an everyday goddess. And I had a gentleman um, ask me once and said, what do you mean? It's a huge big deal. It's a crazy big deal like why is it i said well when you step into embodying that it's not a big deal 
when we step into who we are and what we're here to to be and to create, it's just like we're fish in water. It's not a big deal to us. Mm-hmm. Just like that person over there who's doing this thing that you always wish you could do. It's like it's not a big deal to them because they're living it. And then we get to honor each other's big dealness without mm-hmm. feeling lack. Mm-hmm. So that's just my answer in this moment. What does it mean to be an everyday goddess? Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, yeah, it me sounds too. like. <laughs> <laughs> Just being yourself, showing yeah. up and being authentic. Definitely. And I, uh, one thing that I really love that you said, Celia, is uh, not only, you know, opening yourself up to be of service to people, but allowing yourself to have people be of service to you. You know, I think for um, a lot of us and, and, you know, the spiritual way of life and, you know, people who are empaths like myself, and we, we are so focused on doing good for others. We are so focused on helping out the collective. We're so focused on, you know, just, just helping the earth or, or, and, and we forget that, you know, we need help too. You know, we forget that we need the support. We forget that, you know, we, we need a, 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 you know, a helping hand or, or, you know, whatever cheesy thing you want to say, but, and, and that's, that's just, it's, it's, it's just as important as opening ourselves up to help other people, you know, because if, if we expend all of our energy helping others and we don't allow any good energy coming to us, well, you know, we just, we kind of waste away, you know, and um, I just, I love how you, how you said that, because it is, it's, it's, it's an excellent reminder for any of us that it's just as important for us to be open to the love and the energy and the help that we need as it is to give that, you know, so I, I, I appreciate you saying that that was very profound and cool <laughs> thank you and, and again, it is a practice mm-hmm. for me that's been really a, a, a deep practice and the more we give the more we receive the more we receive the more we can give the more we give the more we can receive you know it just it, it brings us up to here mm-hmm. and that's part of my abundance consciousness um prayer mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's a, just such a beautiful flowing energy with that, just ebbing and flowing and circulating, you know, it's, um, and when we open ourselves up and, you know, I think as women, there's, there's challenge in that challenge with opening ourselves up and, and being able to receive. Um, but when we do, it, it's an equal exchange we can you know really step into that and allow the energy to flow like it it needs to rather than stagnating that energy Hmm. so yeah so i'm wondering you know just in your own journey i know you've touched on this a little bit but i'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about how you've used music to heal different maybe aspects or, um, you know, the shadow parts, the, the, the harder parts, you know, I know everything is a work in progress and, you know, there's, we're all on a journey and I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about, you know, just the words, cause you, you mentioned, you know, just that everyday goddess, there might've been like fear, with that and you know when you were first bringing that song into the world you're birthing that song and but then you stepped into that and so i'm wondering if you can share a little bit more about what that process was like and how you know and and with that song or maybe there was other songs and how that has helped you on your own spiritual path and healing journey mm. yeah thank you that's that's rich okay <laughs> dive in <laughs> So um, I have a, a friend, singer-songwriter named Lorianne uh, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I heard her in concert once, and she said this, so I'm stealing it from her, which is, I aspire to my songs. Just because mm-hmm. I've written these clever lyrics that nail something or bring this elevation doesn't mean that I've mastered it. A lot of the times I'm writing these songs for me 
or I'm do I mean the comedy aspect of what I do a lot of that's just it's fun it's play it's it's I'm doing it to elevate my spirit and then I want to share that with others because if it's resonating with me it's probably resonating with someone else sometimes it's resonating with me because it's resonating for someone else so empathically I'll pick up on an energy or a thought or I'll think of that person. And sometimes I write lyrics in my head for certain people in my life. They'll probably never know it. But I think of them when that phrase comes through. So the healing, um, music is medicine. Music is vibration. Everything is frequency and vibration. So music is that focused. It's like music. It's like a laser focus. You take that vibration energy into this frequency of music and tone and word brought together, and it's almost like it's a prism. You know, brings the laser in, and then it it, it comes out into all the hearts of who are hearing it. And they're all going to hear it in different ways for what's needed for them at that time. Have you ever gone back and heard a song and heard a lyric that you didn't hear before? Like, and wherever you're at in your life, you're going to listen to that piece of music, uh, whether it's instrumental or whether there's words, and it's going to go through the filter of who's ever listening, whomever is listening. And so I'll write songs and they'll mean something different to me when I look at them from my new filter, which is hopefully upgraded. So the songs heal me definitely. Singing is healing because when, when I teach my voice students, I say, if you get one thing out of this class, this one time I have with you, if you get one thing out of this class, please know that this is not the voice. This and the field that you're in is the voice. So the vibration of sound mm, within our own bodies, it's vibrating bones, it's vibrating cells, it's vibrating blood, it's vibrating um, every cell in your body is vibrating when you sing, when you make, when, even when we speak, when we make tones, and you can direct that energy into different parts of the body and create vibration. And for me, it feels like tuning, not just my voice, but my entire energy field. Mm. So that's been healing for me to be able to take a traumatic situation or some heartache and turn that straw into gold through a song. I mean, it's all grist for the mill, right? So uh, several years back, I released an, uh, an album called Karma. And it took me about seven years to complete it from start to finish. I took some breaks in there. And what I did is I took the traumatic heartaches and heartbreaks that I've experienced and turn those into songs in hopes that it will inspire someone else to do some of that healing. And that's probably the most shadow work album that I have. So I, I call that album the Karma album, my redheaded Capricorn, um, badass bard s high priestess of herself, ain't taken nothing less than to feel cherished, honored, and adored breakup album. Mm. Oh, that sounds really intense. Like a, an intensely like beautiful, powerful healing album and um and so it's i'm hearing too that you know you've been through path and of course you know we're all on a journey and um so aspiring to your songs as you said you know and and learning maybe to step into them or maybe em embodying them like you know in, in that way and, and moving through your healing journey and um i was Curious too. I mean, just the the vibrational frequency. Are you using different um, vibrational frequencies, like four thirty two, or um, you know, in your songs to help with that healing journey? So when someone listens to it, they get that vibrational frequency. No, I haven't put my toe in that water yet. I know about it. I'm, I'm curious about incorporating it into my music as I go forward, but I haven't done it yet. Hmm. Just curious. Yeah, that sounds like it. Um, but even just the words, I think words, the language that we use, and when you put it to song, it can have that powerful effect on, on people's lives. So absolutely. have you, sorry, go ahead. No, I said, absolutely. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. So have you received feedback from how you've um, touched people's lives with that Karma album? Yeah, I have. Some people have some go-to songs. Mm. <laughs> you know, they might be going through something now or recovering from some turmoil in the heart and some mm. trauma um, in relationship. And mm. the, I think it's a, 
a frontier for us in humanity to develop relationships that are healing and grounded and loving and kind and co-creative and supportive. And most of us, at some point in our life, go through a betrayal, at least one, a heartache, um, feeling forsaken in relationship with a particular person or group or situation that involves people. So yeah, um, I've had my fair share of it and I've learned a lot along the way. It doesn't necessarily make it easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of power there. Mm. And uh, one thing that um, I wanted to say here is that you you did mention, you know, both Stacy and you, Celia, mentioned how healing and therapeutic music can be, you know, and um, I know from a very young age, you know, I, I, when I would listen to a certain song or something, I would feel a certain way and I would be able to feel the music and, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I know, you know, right now with, with everything that's going on in the world, any, everything negative and everything positive with the world shifting right now that, um, it seems like people are looking towards music a lot more to have, you know, that outlet or to have that, that therapy or, you know, what have you. Um, and I also know too, I'm, I, I'm know uh, quite a few musicians and, you know, with, with everything that was happening with the pandemic and, and things, they weren't able to perform live and a lot of them that was a good chunk of their livelihood and unfortunately some of them didn't survive through the pandemic you know so uh my question to you is how have you been able to adapt musically and spiritually during these times to be able to continue to move forward in your musical career mm, good one thank you sam let's mm -hmm. see uh, before we um, had quarantine, I was on the road full time and uh, wonderful singer songwriter friend Janice Stanfield taught me this saying because people always ask if, if you're on the road full time. So where's home for you? Um, so do you, do you sleep in your van in the in the car? Like everybody wants to know where you live. And so she taught me to say I'm geographically untethered. <laughs> so I've been geographically untethered for many years now. And when COVID um, came into the picture, I decided to rent a, an office space in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I was sort of hovering around and, and waited out. And then as we got more news, this, this show dropped off the calendar and this show dropped off the calendar. And then we're starting to go six months in advance. This show's dropped off the calendar a year in advance. Is my calendar for a year in advance was wiped clean. So every piece of my mind, like right now, I'm imagining, or I used to before COVID, I would be imagining where I'd be in six months. So I know my body's here, but I have to plan six months in advance if you want to put on, you know, ticketed shows across the country, that's something you need to do. You can just say, I'll show up on Wednesday, but you don't have as much marketing <laughs> power if you do that. So calendar got wiped clean. I was going to, I was going to leave. I was going to rent a studio space and then just leave. But okay, I'm like, okay, well, let's bring everything here. I had a storage unit in the Midwest. So I brought everything here. And I am in Phoenix right now, Phoenix, Arizona. And it was just one adjustment after another, as I'm sure you all can relate. There was this sort of like, wait, what? The NBA is not happening? Oh, this might be serious. Wait, wait, wait. Cirque du Soleil went bankrupt? You're Cirque du the, the Cirque du Soleil went. And we started to go, oh. And we looked at it from a new lens. We, oh, wait, there's no toilet paper. Oh, wait, uh, there's no food on the shelves. Oh, wait, um, you know. We have to wear masks. Oh, oh, wait, you know, so it's just this adjustment, this constant, constant, constant adjustment, which for me mirrors a little bit of what it's like to be on the road. So you're constantly adjusting when you're road, on the road. Oh, this place we were going to stay in tonight fell through. We're going to have to adjust, 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 find something else. Oh, wait a minute. We blew a tire. Adjust, 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 find something else. Oh, wait, they don't have um, the electricity length cable that we need at this particular gig in order to make this work. Adjust, adjust, adjust. You know. So it sort of mirrored that for me, but I was in one place. So 
I, I had been doing online concerts six years previous to um, everything stopping and people going to online. So that really was in my favor. So I had a show on March, I think it was 15th, March 15th, 2020. And the day before the show, I got a call from the venue that said, get back to us, it's urgent. And, and of course I did. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Is this really happening? It was one of these shows that I'd worked six months and got a full house and all these advanced ticket sales. I was like, no, 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 no. And they said that a, a case uh, was found in the building. And I had, an, I had the option. I could choose. This is at the time we had no idea what was going on. I could choose if I wanted to do the show or not, but I had to put out a notice on social media and on the door letting people know that there had been a case. This was before we were being asked to wear masks. And so I'm like, well, forget it. That, no, this is, I'm not going to even try to jump through that hoop. So I changed a live in-person concert that was completely sold out to an online concert in 24 hours. Mm. And it was like being the swan on top of the water and pedaling hard underneath. <laughs> How do I do this? And I do this gracefully. And how do I do this and honor what's happening and also be a, a voice of groundedness and heart for the fear that's happening in the world? So that was the the last real show show I did was in California at, at a um, it was the last year that it was going to be held. It's called Pantheacon in California. Never thought that was going to be my last show you know mm -hmm. so then you adjust you just just shift 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 okay what's what's happening now so there's a sense of um nervous system being jacked up and trauma when we are constantly in that adjustment which i had been accustomed to on the road mm -hmm. but now i'm doing it in one place and now people are doing it who never had to do it before so it raised this anxiety level, but it also did create more appreciation for the arts because you can't just go down to the bar on Friday night and have a beer and listen to the band. So in that way, it worked in my favor because I was pulling teeth trying to get people to comprehend that you could watch a concert online and I would sing to you online. And six years I was doing that and getting people going oh yeah oh wait I, I can't come to your concert because I'm in California I'm like doesn't matter where you are go to your screen <laughs> now that is just a given mm -hmm. so in a way COVID shifted things in the direction that I was hoping people would respond I just was dismayed that it had to happen in that way mm -hmm. so Patreon is the other thing that's kept me going so I, I had a really sweet following on Patreon previous to COVID and then a lot more people signed up Patreon is an artist-based platform where a content-based platform so for example your your podcast could be on Patreon so you could get subscribers in that way what I do is I offer people a new song every week so I write and record a new song every week and make that available to my Patreon subscribers and then also have concerts for them and other other things as well so that knowing that I was going to have that income every month and being able to create content as I had been doing and then do the online concerts I'm actually doing better financially now than I was when I was on the road because so many of my resources were going towards gas, food, lodging, incidentals. Oh, we dropped that cable. We have to buy another one. Oh my gosh, my car, my car needs another oil change. My guitar needs, I uh, just got something and I got to pay more than I ever would because I'm on the road and I need it tomorrow. So all of those expenses went away as well. Mm. New expenses like, um, buying new programs for computers, new cameras, learning new lights, all of those things went up, but the wear and tear on the car went down and the uh, a lot of those questionable factors of where am I going to be tomorrow, well, that was answered. I kind of knew where I was going to be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so There's a lot of pluses and minuses. All of that said, I miss performing for live audiences so much and the question du jour that people are asking me is when are you going to start doing shows again when, are you going to start doing shows again now that things are back to normal and <laughs> my answer is no because the kind of shows that, okay here's the other thing that happened and I think this happened for a lot of us the healing part of your question is we got a chance to look at things in a different way 
And we got a chance to prioritize. We got a chance to question some of the choices that we had been making. And the, the choice that I had been making to work so hard on the road, I thought was made for me because I didn't think I could get off that treadmill. And honestly, I don't think I could have without an intervention. COVID intervened and I went, okay, I, you win. <laughs> like, I'm not going to fight this. I will get off the road because I have to. It, I can fight it out. I can duke it out. I can adjust, adjust, adjust any battle. But that was one I knew I wasn't going to win because the entire society was in the agreement that we weren't going out we weren't venues weren't open and you couldn't get a sandwich if you wanted to so in some places so that the shadow or the gift of these trying times for me has been and I, I mentioned this to you both before we we came on with the other folks is um I didn't realize how jacked up my nervous system was being on the road all the time. The show must go on, the pressure of being everything to everybody in a moment on stage, you know, the, all of the different things that happen when you're living as an independent artist on the road. I had no idea I was the frog in the water and it just kept getting hotter and hotter. I just didn't even know. It's just what you do. It's what you have to do. So coming off the mm -hmm. road and not dealing with some of those same challenges, my nervous system started to calm down and I started to come into more homeostasis and making choices from a different place. And then recently, la last week here in Phoenix, I had a really traumatic experience where I witnessed a shooting in very close range. No one was killed, but def major injuries. And I felt that nervous system get jacked up again. And I all the oh that that's how I was holding my neck when I was on the road and didn't couldn't unravel it. There was no time to unravel it. You have to get to the next show. There's no time to break down. So this pressure, pressure, pressure that I ultimately put on myself. I got a chance to see very quickly how quickly that comes back and that that is trauma when we overwork ourselves, when we have to push on, when we when we are addicted to the hormones of stress, that is trauma. And the chance to step back for a little bit and not be in that do 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 um, must must have to have to have to should 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 you know of bustling around the country and doing shows helped me see just um, just how precious slowing down truly is not just precious but healthy and our lives actually do depend on it so that I mean you asked me to give you the time and I built you a clock but that was just sort of my ramble on what, what you were asking. Mm -hmm. No, that was great. It sounds like, I mean, really, you had to to adjust and everything happened in a that sort of like a blessing in disguise where you, you know, wanted to get off the road, but never didn't feel like you could get off that, you know, that hamster wheel. Um, but it allowed you to maybe open up new energy so you could do the, what, the music that you love, but in a different capacity. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And here we are. And here we're in the next phase of today. Yeah. You know, yeah. As we adjust to what's. Yeah. What's Absolutely. So I'm wondering if you could play a song for the collective today. Absolutely. I can and I will. <laughs> well, so, thank you. Um, let me just make sure my, my drum is tuned well. This is uh, her name is Thelma. And my guitar is Louise. So we have Thelma and Louise. And <laughs> Hello, Thelma. Thank you for that. Glad <laughs> for the chuckle. And, um, it's a bar on. It's made out of goat skin, so I can get lots of different tones out of this one drum. I just want to tune it up a little bit because we have some humidity for Phoenix. There's some humidity. Mm. She's just adjusting. So, all right. The song is called "Everyday Goddess." It's a song that we had talked about earlier. Um, that I was afraid to sing at one time. And now I feel like I, I can sing it any day, anytime. I feel like my cells have embodied it, owned it, and standing on the earth of creating from the divine goddess place. Now, um, there's a part that you get to sing, you'll catch on. And gentlemen, if you don't feel comfortable with the words, um, there is an ooh part. And as far as I know, ooh is still gender neutral. <laughs> <laughs> It's really no big deal, I'm just an everyday goddess Doing all my goddess duties, trying to find a way I am the maiden and the mother and the crone But it's really no big deal, it's just another day Ooh, 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 ooh
sing that with me now. we were having before about the divine masculine and the divine feminine. So over the years, I have had gentlemen come to me, gentlemen who adore and appreciate the feminine, but have come to me and said, Celia, dear Celia, what about us? I had nothing. <laughs> nothing for the longest time. I finally wrote a verse for the men. For the men who honor and celebrate the feminine, who create to provide and elevate the goddess, the mother, the creatrixes. For those men, I wrote a verse. You want to hear it? Yes. Right. <laughs> you, Sam, you and your tribe. <laughs> it's really no big deal. He's just an everyday god, honoring his goddess every day, every way. He's a warrior. He's a poet. He's a king among men. But it's really no big deal. It's just another day. It's really no big deal. It's just another day. And that is for all the awesome, honorable men out there. So many good men. And this one's for everybody. It's really no big deal with gods and goddesses here. Brothers and sisters choosing a new way. We are hearts, we are souls, and we celebrate our goals. But it's really no big deal. It's just another day. It's really no big deal. It's just another day. It's really no big deal. It's just another day. It's really no big deal. 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 Oh, I'm so sorry. Did I forget to teach you the gospel part? We're having a little goddess gospel. We're bringing her back. It's really no big deal. It's really no big deal. That's it. It's really no big deal. It's now clap your hands. It's really no big deal. 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 One more. It's really no big deal. It's Oh, 
yeah it was awesome <laughs> that was beautiful <laughs> every time i hear it it is it's just like yeah <laughs> but you know it's also really no like, big deal so right yeah <laughs> The own own you know the goddess within me within you know every every woman and and you know and, and the divine feminine in all of us really but then the honoring the men i love that that song the verse you know to bring in that because we do have to recognize you know that that there are you know wonderful men in the world honoring the the, the divine feminine i love that so thank you so much celia for for providing that song for us. You are so welcome. That's super easy to do. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Silly, I know you mentioned a little bit about your Patreon site, and I'm wondering if you can also maybe um, if tell, your, tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on. Oh, thank you, Stacey. Yes. Okay. Patreon.com slash Celia Farron. If you joined now, you'd have access to over 160 recordings that are pretty much nowhere else. So there's a lot of exclusive material there. And then my website is CeliaOnline.com. Um, that is not as up to date as I would like it to be. So perhaps the best place to find me now is on social media. So you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, um, Twitter. Celia Farron um, is my personal page. I have two of them because Facebook only lets you have 5,000 friends. But if you go to Celia Farron Music and Comedy page, that's my, you know, page page where you can find out if I'm doing something coming up. I have a concert coming up August 1st, but we, that may be, have already happened by the time we, we share this with folks. So never mind that. Um, I don't exactly know when the next concert is. There's going to be one on, in September for the um, Goddess World Goddess Day. I think it's at the beginning of September. So I'll be doing more of my goddess songs, celebrating the feminine, also doing you know songs like Mama Lakshmi and Bridget songs and, and songs for Isis. So all the different songs that I write specifically for specific goddesses, those will come out as well as celebrating the goddess within us all. So that will be a really fun thing. And I will update that um, uh, website very soon. So go ahead and check it often. And also you can go to celiasings.com, C-E-L-I-A-S-I-N-G-S.com, and download three free songs, one of which is Everyday Goddess, ironically enough. So you can go uh, get those three free songs, and that's how you can also get on my email list. So if you're, you're resonating with what I'm saying and you'd like to hear more, please go there, celiasings.com, sign up. And then when I send emails out about what's happening, you will be in the know. And if you don't like what I do, then you could avoid me with incredible accuracy. So... <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And we will add all those links to the show notes as well. So people can have easy access to that. And so thank you, Celia, so much for being here with us today. We've really just appreciated your presence with us and sharing space to have this beautiful conscious conversation. And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would love a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast and until next time love yourself love each other and love the world we love you love you guys take care we'll talk to you later we at be the love podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi foundation which is a nonprofit organization in uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education skills development feeding the hungry human rights and environmental defenders their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, 
please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.